Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks, welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, here again with Phil Jesson, Graham Jones and I am Simon Hazeldean, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. In this episode we're talking about why you're losing money by training your salespeople to sell. Ooh. So imagine for a moment, uh, if you are a chief executive, you don't need to imagine, but if you uh, are not a chief executive, imagine for a moment you're about to sign off or approve the purchase order for the, for the sales training. Before you put your pen to paper or press that button or say yes to the email, need to have a little think about training your salespeople to sell. Because... I'm in the chair for this one, and I think that because the buyer has changed, because the process of buying has changed, society has changed, buyers are better informed, the internet has a huge influence, we shouldn't be thinking about this as some sort of outbound selling process. Selling is not something you do to a customer. We need to be shifting, shifting the emphasis. So do your salespeople understand the buying process that their customers go through are they getting trained in understanding buying behavior are they understanding getting training in how the buying process that their can their customers go through so that they can understand that in in greater detail Phil? What, what what sort of buyer behaviors do you think salespeople do need to understand then these days? Well, buyers now have a lot more choice. Buyers are doing a whole lot more research than they used to do. We've talked about this in other episodes of the Sales Chat Show. You know, Graham's spoken on on other episodes about the amount of internet-based research that buyers do. So I say the buyer is better informed. They're also sometimes misinformed as well, because not always is the research they've done accurate or valid. And they've They've started to make some pre-decisions before, you know, potentially your salespeople get in, get in front of them. But they, I think as well, they are in, becoming increasingly resistant to what I would call old school selling, which is asking a few questions, sometimes quite leading questions, then going into your pre-planned, scripted, well-rehearsed, slick sales presentation that's pretty much the same to every single person, then wrestling the customer into submission by overcoming their objections and ABC always be closing, you know, closing the sale. It's actually based on a book that was written in the 1920s in America and it's still that approach, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that approach is still very, very apparent. That old school, it makes the customer feel uncomfortable. No, no I think I think it. you're right. And um, I think times have changed and your little reference there to ABC reminds me of the modern day equivalent, which one of my customers refers to. Um, the ABC meaning analyze how the customer thinks and works, build a bridge to that world, communicate in their language 
not yours. And I think that's very different, isn't it, from the always be closing yeah. philosophy of uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago. It's interesting because my son has uh, just passed his driving test and we went to buy him a car. And, uh, you know, we gave him choice. You know, here's your budget. What kind of car do you want? And he'd made up his mind what kind of car he wanted. We went to one dealer and there was one of these old school salespeople, you know, who was doing the leading questions, asking questions you can only answer yes with. And, I, you know, I'd heard three of these and I thought, oh dear, here we go. We've been through the kind of thing. And we didn't buy a car there because my son didn't want the car. It's a lovely car, but he didn't want the car. And I said, why didn't you want that? He said, because that's the car he wanted to sell me. Mm, and, and we went to another dealer who was you know, a similar age, but clearly had not been on a sales training course. And uh, my son looked around and chose that car. And this guy, we said, you know, we're interested in this. And he said, um, okay, um, so you're interested in it? Yeah, yeah. And what interests you in it? So my son explained why he was interested in it. And I said, can we take it on a test drive? We took it on a test drive. And he never bothered trying to sell it to us. And in fact, we said, you know, well, we'd quite like to buy this car. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, we work with a garage that's near, nearer to where you live. So why don't you buy it from them? And I said, sorry. He said, yeah, I'll ring him up. You go there. We'll get the car shoved over there. You haven't got to bother to come over here again because we were like 10 miles from home and there was a garage nearer. And we bought from, we bought that car from that dealer because my son, it was the car he wanted. He hadn't been sold the car. Yeah. And you, you often hear of car salesmen as the typical archetypal kind of old school salesperson. And this person, even though he was of that age to be old school, he made no attempt to sell us the car. It's very interesting because I, as, as, as Phil and Graham will know, I've done quite a lot of research in the area of neuroscience and how, how the brain, what we now understand about the brain, um, uh, we need to be aware of in, in the sales process. And uncomfortable brains don't buy. I think the two examples there, your son was uncomfortable mm. with, with the first and comfortable, comfortable with the second. It's not that the person was not selling, I don't think. I think it was just being done in a very, very different way. He was yeah. helping you to make a buying decision rather than sort of forcing a decision upon you. So I think we need to be training salespeople to help customers make buying decisions, but also making the process comfortable. And Phil, your comment on your ABC is also reminds me of the concept of adaptive selling, where you're adapting your sales behavior and your process and way of working to the the preferences, psychological behavioural preferences of the customer. It just makes the whole process feel comfortable for them. Just explain that psychological preferences comment to yes. somebody that may not know sure. what you're referring to. So there are, you know, there are, there are many different, different models of, of um, personality, but one that I'm very fond of is, is a neuroscience-based um, uh, instrument. And at a broad, at a surface broad level, you'll have four main buying types or behaviours. You'll have expressive buyers who are very interested in novelty and new they're big picture, they respond well to enthusiasm. You have stability orientated people, relationships, harmony, very important to them, they're always considering other people. They are slow, steady decision makers. 
Then you have the kind of driver personality, strong influence of testosterone, very results orientated, like to get straight down to business, make fast decisions. And then we have our sort of analytical personality that make very careful, controlled, considered decisions. They, for example, lead lots and lots of data and information so that they feel comfortable with making the right, the right decision. And if you don't understand this concept, you tend to sell or liaise or work with those customers in the way that works for you, which means it's not going to work for a significant significant percentage. But how much of sales training then is about identifying those different personality types? Very little. Most most sales training, from what I see, you know, what 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 clients will say to us is different about you know our approach versus competitors is. How much time do you actually spend talking about the customer? It's all about the presentation, the pitch. I'm not saying that isn't important, but it's what you do first, uh, you know, before you've, even, before you've even started. And also, I think another big weakness is the lack of focus on qualifying sales opportunities properly. Should you even bother to have another meeting, even bother to make a presentation, if you don't understand the budget, the decision-making process, who's involved, the timing, the customer's needs, the customer's requirements, etc., don't even bother even insulting them with a sales pitch <laughs> until you know they're interested in, in yes. it. should be- even be in the room in the first yeah. place. At best, it'll be interesting, but it won't be relevant, will it? No. I know, I know a very successful web developer who is a scouser, and um, his attitude to selling is, you know, when he meets a potential customer, his first question is basically, do you want it or what? Because you either want it or you don't. And if you don't want it, we may as well stop talking now because it's going to do neither of us any good. And so he's only interested in talking to people who are actually going to buy from him. And a great, a great phrase um, um, that I was told one time was, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, my understanding of the purpose of today's meeting is for us to decide if you want to carry on talking to us or not. Yeah. And it's actually, or not, qualifying yeah, out quite. of the call. Do you, do you now wish, wish to carry on talking? Because now they understand, they understand you. Whereas a lot of sales training is about that kind of battle that you're supposed to win, yeah. and that this person who's not going to buy from you, you're meant to convert into a buyer as though you have some miraculous power over these people by you know, asking leading questions and only questions that can be answered with yes and all that kind of very old-fashioned way of thinking because that's based on a... It's a battle between a customer and a salesperson that yes, you're trying to the, win. Yeah. It's the section on the sales training course, isn't it, titled yeah. Overcoming Objections yes. rather than Understanding Them and Handling Them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I prefer to call it Managing Concerns. Yeah, is if, if they insist, you know, because sometimes there are there are those things that come up. But objection, the whole language shows the philosophy of where it came from. But see, I like to think of the concept of avoiding objections. Yes. Because I'm not going to get objections from people who want to buy. The only objections I'm going to get are from people who don't want to buy. So I find out who they are first and ignore them. Then I don't get objections because they've already decided they're going to buy. I so would imagine. I would imagine your uh, second car salesman is probably the worst salesman around for overcoming customer objections because I don't think he gets many because he, get any. he stops them happening <laughs> stops in the first, them place. In the first place. They yeah. never. They never happen yeah. because no, you know a, it's, it's a good uh, good measurement, isn't it? A good yeah, KPI. Yeah. Yeah. How good are you overcoming objections? 
I don't know. I don't get it. I don't them. get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. So I think we're focusing in on those kind of training your salespeople to understand the buying process, training your salespeople to understand buying behavior. I would say as, as a, like a little catchphrase is, train them to get out of their own heads and inside the heads of the customers and see things through the through the customer's eyes, through the customer's perspective. And if you're a chief executive listening to this, planning your next conference, sales conference or whatever, uh, then maybe you might want to consider bringing in a couple of important customers to talk directly to the sales team and have a few questions and answers going on to really understand exactly what it is that they look for, what's on their shopping list, because you can guarantee it's not what the sales team think is on their shopping list. I used to work in fast-moving consumer goods and I remember our boss bringing in the uh, general manager of a very, very large supermarket, uh, which was one of our probably largest customers, and uh, for a Q&A session. And one of our guys sort of quite arrogantly said, so who's your best supplier then? Expecting them to say it was us. And he said someone completely different. I mean, everybody went, why? And they said, well, they really work collaboratively with us. They're always trying to drive forward our agenda. It was it was fascinating. Get your customers in front of your salespeople. It's quite scary sometimes for the sales team. I remember looking at a study a couple of years back where uh, this was amongst the top brands in the world and you know presumably they're doing well because they you know they're a top brand and they were asked some clever questionnaire that was asking them what are the reasons people buy your products so they would go to a brand you know a product team within a brand who were representing a particular product line and they would ask them you know what are the reasons people buy your product and they produced that list and then unbeknownst to the brand they were asking their top customers why do you buy that particular product and there was a 98% mismatch between the reasons so even the top brands think their customers buy from for these reasons and their customers are buying for completely different reasons. So some questions to be asked, therefore. To do your salespeople understand the buyer's motivations, the buyer's reasons, the buyer's behaviour? Can they adapt and flex to those? Which then makes the whole process much more comfortable and comfortable brains don't buy. And if you want an improvement in Salesforce productivity, only make the sales presentations, the pitch, or whatever you want to refer to it as, to well-qualified customers who are interested, then your strike rate will shoot up. Sales, to get more yeses, some salespeople need to understand they need to say no to some opportunities and not to go chasing those, creating that uncomfortable, uncomfortable situation. Get out of your head, get inside the customer's head. It's the customer with the money, at the end of the day so maybe a shift in, in focus in sales training how much of the sales training time is spent talking about the customer and how much of the sales training time is spent talking about your company just a question question to think about so thank you very much for listening into this episode of the sales chat show phil jesson graham jones and i'm simon hazeldean wishing you good luck and good selling have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck 
and good selling.